And it's time to talk technology. Thanks to Bing Lee, the home of TV. Jeff Quattromani joins us in the studio to take your calls. One three one eight seven three. Jeff, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Good afternoon. You too. Happy New Year, Jeff. Did you have a big night? I'm. I'm I'm, I'm looking at you now trying to see if you look tired. No. no you look fresh. I've, I've got a one-year-old. I was in bed. Yes, did you know. the, the so stroke you're tired. of midnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired all the time. <laughs> want to talk about technology and New Year's resolutions. Are mm-hmm. there any tricks that we can use to try and keep some of these resolutions we're setting? Yeah, look, there are plenty. I know that for a lot of people, they want to learn a new skill in 2020 or they want to develop themselves further. And I've been looking at some apps that people can start using from today to start getting ahead of the curve. If you ever wanted to read more but don't have the time, which is me, um, you can actually get an app called Blinkist, and what they do is they provide summaries of books, so you can get a whole book done in 15 minutes, See, even I in audio that. form. I hate that. I'm such a purist when it comes to reading. I, that's oh god, mind you, I guess it suits some people. Give me all, all the insights. Me. I don't want. I don't want to know the intro. Just give me all. But the all whole the point insights. of a book is to get lost in a book, isn't it? To read and to lose yourself. Like I miss characters when I finish a book. Yeah. No. <laughs> unless, unless you're at university, I would have loved this yes. when I was at university. True. Gary's on the line from Camden. Gary, you've got a question about uh, phone towers. Hi, Gary. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. How can I help? Yeah, with um, the recent fires and by the phone towers and that um, going out, whether they got battery backup or generator and that, but if they go out, is there any way to piggyback the system off the UHF radio system? That, that would be amazing if they could do that. Unfortunately, you can't. So, so you're right. They, they do rely on power. They do rely on a proper backbone system as well. Um, unfortunately, we can't just sort of keep these things running, whether it's on a generator as well as um, using other types of airwaves. But what I have been seeing from Telstra this week is a lot of information coming from them saying that they have still been pushing crews wherever they can to go and get these towers back up and running. So it is a, it is a tough job. It's really tricky. I guess one of the other issues facing those who've survived these bushfires now is that they're out of contact. We've had yeah. people contacting us saying we can't get in touch. We're so used to being in touch with people right now. Yeah. Does the NBN change any of this? Unfortunately, if the internet's down, um, if, if the infrastructure's burnt out or something like that has happened, you have to wait for crews to fix it. I mean, it is wires. And at the end of the day, if, if a transmission box or something like that has been fire affected, then until an engineer can get to it, it's just, um, it's just completely disconnected. Is there anything that people... People in the kind of areas that maybe are more vulnerable to, to fires, floods, etc. Is there something they can get that during times like this, when towers go down, that they can rely on as a fairly good way to communicate? I know with television, we've got those Dejero boxes. And what can people get that's affordable that, that might help them out in these times, if anything? For a lot of people, it's it's going back to the old UHF radio, you know, right. your, your, your CB radios that truckies are using. Um, you can still buy a lot of those, even just for walkie-talkie style devices, uh, because if the actual mobile network does go down, then you're really almost out of luck. So having having CB or UHF allows you a short-range communication at least, but if you need to call to a different city, then you do need to either find a payphone or um, or hope that your mobile starts working again. Now, I'm very excited about what you've brought into the studio. Uh, it looks like a, a photo scanner, and I say that because I my grandfather had a camera in the desert with him during the Second World War, and wow. we have a lot of photos that we've digitised, but I found another box and all of his newspapers from when the war ended and wow. I want to scan them so is this going to help me? I might leave this with you for the, for the week then. So, <laughs> well I mean I want it one too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is perfect. I think I think in 2020 people need to get away from keeping their photo albums, have a backup and, and I gave this to my parents to use. It scans one photo per second so pull all your photos out of the album feed them in and it just scans so quick. Whether it's documents, receipts or photographs, I think this does a great job. Um, it is at Bing Lee. It's about $590 though so mm. 
if you're going to buy one, share it. Um, ask people to chip in maybe because it is an expensive purchase. And how does it save them then? Because this is my fear. You know, if, you, if you're putting in, say, the kids' photo album yep. and you're putting in maybe 150, al- uh, 150 photos, 120, can you, in a way, put them in a pile and make those go into one folder and they go into another folder? How, do you, how yeah. does it store? You're right. So you can scan in batches. So you can basically hit scan. It brings in the whole stack that you've, that you've put in there. But then what I would also suggest people doing is don't keep it all saved on your computer. You know, get it, get an external drive that you can keep somewhere safe or even better, back up to the cloud. You know, whether it's Google Photos or the Apple iCloud, take your photos from physical all the way up to completely out of the house and store it online somewhere. And I guess that's, you know, even more kind of, I guess, topical at the moment yeah. with people with fires and things like that, not just the communication, but somewhere safe to keep, you know, things like photos that, that may be lost. It is. And, and the sad reality is that people do rush back to their homes because they have got things like photo albums there, which they want to save. And I think for me, I know that in my in my house, I wouldn't be I wouldn't have that concern. I don't want people to have that concern. So having something like this where you've got everything backed up, it's all off site. That means that if something you know really sad does happen, you only have to rebuild the house. I, a lot of people back up onto an external hard drive, which I do as well. Mine recently broke. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it costs a lot of money to try and retrieve. How often do you need to back up your backups? Because, obviously, if you've only got one backup and your laptop dies and then that's old, mm-hmm. is it true that hard drives, external hard drives, only last a couple of years? Some some certainly do. So, so the ones the ones that have spinning disks inside them, and you know that they are the ones because you can actually feel them vibrating when you've got them plugged in, those sort of ones do have a shelf life. You can only spin a disk so many times. So I, I always recommend to people it's great to have a USB storage in case the computer dies, but realistically, when storage online is so cheap, it's actually better off to just back up to the cloud where, you know, it's someone like Google who's going to maintain your storage for you. And it's, you know, usually about 2 to $3 a month. It's just doing it. It looks like it's going to take 15 hours to get it all up to the cloud and yes. then it freezes and you have to start all over again. It's so frustrating. Look, if you're on holidays at the moment, now's the time to do it. Uh, otherwise, it's usually a weekend that you need to commit to really backing up. And even things like VHS tapes, guys, I think mm. that's an important one. You're about to go, aren't you, overseas for yes. your trip. Any more of an insight into what new technology might be just around the corner as we enter 2020? Yeah, look, so for next year, um, sorry, next week, I should say. Um, <laughs> it's next year There's already. going to be a lot coming out around the kitchens. Now, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but appliances will talk to each other more than they do today. So at the moment, we use voice commands for our Google Homes and things like that. But if I start telling my Google Home to kick off a recipe to cook something, it will then actually tell my oven to preheat. Oh, stop it. And then maybe my oven will tell the dishwasher that there's a dish coming because I'm baking a pie, so it will adjust the dishwasher settings. But and then, does it load the dishwasher? Because I don't no. care about all this other stuff. <laughs> so that's the part that it won't do. But but I fully expect next week that I'll see a, a very automated kitchen where it will vacuum after I've finished and then the mop will come and follow afterwards. Oh, Amazing. Wow. Can't wait to hear all about it. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Jeff Quattromani there. The technology show, thanks to Bing Lee. Stay tuned. You're with Natalie Peters and Erin Mullen on Summer Afternoons.